Welcome to the Human Again Podcast. The goal of this podcast is to help all of us understand ourselves and those around us in a fuller way, to move past generalizations and take a deeper look at what it means to be a person so we can see with more gratitude and live with more purpose. This particular episode is focused on just that, purpose. I used to work in the produce department at Safeway, and I'd see quite a few different people come through as new employees. It was always interesting to see what kind of work ethic each new employee would take on. Some of them, they would try to do the very minimum just to get by and, you know, just collect a paycheck. Others might get really invested in their department, but then get frustrated by all the obstacles that got in the way or the things that kept them from, you know, making the department look like they wanted it to. One particular employee came into the produce department. He was a younger guy, probably about 20, and he was really eager to please and to, you know, make a good impression. And so he was really friendly. Everybody liked him. And the first day he came in, he asked what he needed to do to avoid getting fired. And it wasn't that he wanted to do the bare minimum, but he he wanted to make sure he did a good job, that he impressed everyone. And I kind of joked to him that, you know, they're not that strict, so as long as you don't steal anything, you should be okay. But, you know, said more genuinely, just do your best, work hard, be consistent and all that, and you should be fine. But he he didn't seem convinced. He just kept asking. And uh, for a few days afterwards, he would ask more and more, you know, what do I need to avoid? I want to make sure that I don't do anything wrong. And it was clear that he was just He was really anxious about it, that he wanted to live up to everyone's expectations. But in the end, he actually ended up not doing that well. He would make little mistakes or just wasn't catching on to kind of the way we wanted things done. Pretty soon, the other employees in the department were getting frustrated because, you know, there was more work for us to do. And so we were trying to figure out what's the best way to resolve the situation But before anyone could make a decision about it, he actually beat them to it and volunteered to be a courtesy clerk instead. Now, generally, courtesy clerk is not a position that most people want to have. A lot of times they'll move employees from other departments to being courtesy if they're not doing well, just because there's not as many people who want to do it. But this particular employee did a really good job up front as a courtesy clerk. He worked very hard did things better than some of the people who had been there longer. He was just really friendly, really helpful. And so he started doing really well in that role. But pretty soon he was getting tired of that and he wanted to come back to produce. But there was still some skepticism from everyone. They weren't sure that they could trust that he would do a good job again. They were hesitant because of the extra work that it created last time. Little by little, he started to pick up shifts when somebody would call in. And he would show that he was catching on and that he was doing a good job. And so he would work a normal week as courtesy clerk and then take an extra shift here or there. And pretty soon he was kind of split 50-50. And eventually he was back to full-time in produce and quickly became one of the best and most dependable workers in the department. I think one of the biggest differences the second time around was that he had confidence and was operating from a place of knowing he had something to contribute rather than simply working from fear of being fired or of disappointing everyone. Ironically, his 
fear and anxiety probably caused the thing that he was most afraid of, because he couldn't focus on what he was actually doing. While he was courtesy clerk, he had time to be affirmed for what he contributed and see that what he offered was actually valuable. The more he realized he was an important part of the team, the more his talents and effort shined through. He was focused on what he could give rather than what he could lose this time. This is where the idea of purpose comes in. Purpose is about having a why for what we're doing and recognition that we each have something meaningful to contribute. It's about seeing a greater meaning in the things we do and pursue. So it's also about delayed gratification and willingness to push through difficulties for something greater or more important. In contrast to purpose is avoidance. More specifically, avoidance of discomfort and consequences. Without a sense of purpose, you'll probably feel aimless and constantly be frustrated with your circumstances because any obstacles serve only to make your life more difficult. Taken to its extreme, this turns into a perpetual feeling of victimization and helplessness. What that looks like is complaining about any challenges that come up and only looking forward to days off or time away from the normal grind. You don't feel like what you're doing is important, so there's never any joy or satisfaction in it, and you only do it out of necessity to avoid discomfort or consequences. In Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl describes his experiences in concentration camps during World War II, and how a sense of purpose often separated the prisoners who survived and those who didn't. Frankel explains how prisoners who gave up hope and saw no meaning in their lives would typically die shortly after. Once they saw no greater purpose for their life, there is no reason to keep enduring their suffering, and their body would quickly give up its resistance to sickness and just shut down. Or at other times, the lack of purpose would lead to their death through suicide. Frankel combated many such suicides through helping other prisoners realize the significance of their individual lives. He shares the story of helping two different men in this way. One he helped by turning his focus to a child he loved, waiting for him at home. He helped the other man by turning his focus to scientific writings that that man still had to finish. Both men needed to see their lives as irreplaceable in some way, so they would have a reason to keep enduring the suffering. The specific purpose was different for each man, but the core need was the same. In describing this concept, Frankel quotes Friedrich Nietzsche, He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. It's easy to talk about purpose, but it gets a lot harder when we try to actually live with a sense of purpose. In my own life, I tend to fall into thinking I'm not especially appealing or interesting as a person. I'm pretty boring. I don't think I'm necessarily a negative influence or anything, I just don't think I have many of the characteristics that are most prized in society today. With that comes a hesitancy to take initiative, setting things up with other people, because I generally think they don't actually want me around or will just be annoyed by me. In the book Scary Close, 
Donald Miller mentions coming to the realization that he's actually good for other people and someone to be enjoyed rather than just endured. This was a profound concept for me to ponder since I don't often think of my interactions with others as something that's good for them. I always thought that was kind of arrogant, or my shame and self-doubt would tell me that I wasn't the kind of person that people actually wanted around or that was good for them. Lately, though, I'm starting to believe more and more that I do have something to contribute and that it can actually benefit other people. I don't have to operate from a place of insecurity trying to impress other people just so I can be accepted and prove my worth or anything like that. Instead, I can start from a place of recognizing I already have worth and am good for other people when I interact with them authentically. So now I get to find ways to share that worth I already have the best I can. Whoever you are listening to this, please know that I genuinely mean this. You matter, and you are a person worthy of love with something indispensable to offer, regardless of how you compare to the people around you. Now, that doesn't mean that you should just sit back and expect everyone else to serve you because you're so great. What it means is that you're not inferior if you seem to contribute or succeed less than others. Each of our roles and purposes will look a little different, but how well we perform doesn't determine how important we are. How we compare to others isn't the measure of our value. When one of the organs or limbs of your body stops working, or doesn't do its job, you don't say this organ is not important anymore. You recognize its value even more and do whatever you can to restore it to health. Likewise, it doesn't make sense for part of your body to remain inactive as if it's hurt when it's actually fully healthy. Those organs are part of your body, whether you like it or not. So the question becomes how to use and care for them in the best way possible. Trying to compare or rate which is most important is nonsensical. In the same way, while a fit person's muscles may be able to do more than a weaker person, both people's muscles have the same purpose, to support the movement, strength, and health of the body. The muscles are inherently important regardless of how well they're used, but they experience the most growth and health when they're being used for their intended purpose. In the same way, they need to be used regularly and undergo periodic stress in order to grow and avoid atrophy. Otherwise, the entire body suffers. This isn't a perfect illustration, but I hope it at least demonstrates how someone can have purpose as a fixed inherent quality while still having a reason to do even greater things at the same time. We don't have to be motivated by comparison or trying to prove our worth. We each have something valuable to contribute already that would leave the world worse off if we don't utilize and display it. We don't have to get recognition for it to be legitimate. We get to enjoy using what we already have, and in the process, we improve our own lives and the lives of those around us. It may sound ironic, but I think the key to happiness and growth is actually having a contributor mindset rather than a consumer mindset. 
This is the essence of purpose, focusing on what we can give rather than what we want to receive, on our responsibility rather than our circumstances. In the end, this actually leads to more fulfillment and satisfaction. Viktor Frankl also observed this concept in the context of the concentration camp he was in, saying, Woe to him who saw no more sense in his life, no aim, no purpose, and therefore no point in carrying on. He was soon lost. The typical reply with which such a man rejected all encouraging arguments was, I have nothing to expect from life anymore. What sort of answer can one give to that? We had to learn ourselves, and furthermore, we had to teach the despairing men that it did not really matter what we expected from life, but rather what life expected from us. We needed to stop asking about the meaning of life, and instead to think of ourselves as those who were being questioned by life, daily and hourly. Our answer must consist not in talk and meditation, but in right action and in right conduct. Life ultimately means taking the responsibility to find the right answer to its problems and to fulfill the tasks which it constantly sets for each individual. These tasks, and therefore the meaning of life, differ from man to man and from moment to moment. Thus, it is impossible to define the meaning of life in a general way. Questions about the meaning of life can never be answered by sweeping statements. Life does not mean something vague, but something very real and concrete, just as life's tasks are also very real and concrete. In this statement, Frankel highlights the importance of shifting focus from what we expect or can't control to what we can do and how we can actively make a difference. He also brings up a separate principle that I have all too often ignored in my own life. The principle is that having purpose does not mean figuring out exactly what your life will look like or neatly wrapping up everything into a single overarching theme. It simply means you take the next step with confidence and intentionality. I've spent the better part of the last 10 years working on figuring out, essentially, what I want to be when I grow up, and pick a specific aim to devote my life to. I've had broad ideas about what I want to do, but could never nail it down to a singular position, like, I'm going to be a second grade teacher, or a mechanical engineer, or whatever else. I thought that in order to have purpose or accomplish something meaningful, I needed to have the title or position to legitimize it. So I spent a lot of time worrying about getting my long-term aim exactly right, and I neglected a lot of opportunities that were around me in the meantime. Now I'm starting to look at things differently. It's good to keep exploring where best to devote my life and attention going forward, but I'm seeing that the little things I can do now are just as important and are still part of my overall purpose. For example, this podcast is one part of my sense of purpose. When I was thinking about doing something like a podcast before, I got hung up on feeling like whatever I did needed to be an all-encompassing pursuit that I could spend the rest of my life doing. 
As a result, I could never get anything off the ground because I was too worried about making sure it would succeed or be just right or perfectly encapsulate my life purpose. Now, I see it as merely one avenue I can pursue to do something meaningful and grow, even if it never goes anywhere or has a noticeable impact. How about you? Do you feel a sense of purpose in the things you're devoting your time and energy to? If not, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to change what you're doing. You may just need to change your approach to it. Maybe you work a job that you hate and feel like you contribute nothing important to the world. Try looking for ways you can instill purpose into what you're doing in a way that's unique to you. That could mean using it as a practice ground to develop your character or work ethic so you'll be better prepared for a job that does excite you. Maybe it means giving your coworkers thoughtful notes to make their lives better and embolden their efforts. Maybe it means cutting back on your hours and finding other pursuits outside of work that are more meaningful and seeing work as just your personal fundraising for the things you're passionate about. Then you can be grateful for your job as a means to enable you to do something more meaningful that you would not otherwise be able to do. If you're having trouble finding ways to instill purpose into what you do, you could try asking the people around you what value they see coming from your contribution already. Or ask yourself what you are passionate about and find ways to sneak it into what you do. Whether you're into sports, or cooking, or budgeting, or encouraging people, or art, or teaching, or fill in the blank. For example, one of the ways my mom does this is through weaving together her love of baking and her role as a church secretary. She started providing cookies and other baked goods on her counter for people to take throughout the week, and she's brought joy to lots of people in the process. Even the mailman gets excited and can't wait to see what she has available each week. Through a simple act that no one asked her to do, and which she loves doing anyway, she's encouraged many people and made their day a little better in the process. Or one of my old co-workers at Safeway loved music and putting together playlists and finding different songs, so he would act as our personal DJ and provide background music while we spent hours in the back room cutting fruit and vegetables. He helped make the job a lot more enjoyable and bond the team together through simply sharing his passion and knowledge of music. At my current job, I have a coworker that's amazing at making the workspace feel inviting and comfortable. For December, she went above and beyond to decorate and set up a beautiful Christmas display in the front of the office. So as soon as anyone got to the office, they would feel welcome and festive and at home. She used her design and decorating skills to create a more enjoyable office environment for everyone. The whole point is to start where you're at, and look for the opportunities to utilize the unique things you already have and are passionate about. Don't fall into the victim mindset of thinking you're stuck in your current circumstances and there's no way to actually live with purpose. Work on taking a more active approach to the things you're already doing, and pursue them with eagerness. Have a goal to make a valuable contribution rather than to simply avoid consequences. Realize you actually have things that are valuable, and you don't have to be perfect at them in order to make a difference. 
practice them, and use any time you can spare to try them out in new ways and stretch yourself. Over time, this may very well lead you to new positions and opportunities to utilize those things even more, and to do what you're passionate about in a more significant way. If you do need to drop some activities or find a new job, that's fine. Just realize that part of having purpose and passion is up to you. So no matter what you're involved in, it won't ever give you a sense of purpose completely on its own. You need to develop that perspective for yourself. But once you do, you can apply it to anything you're involved in. Every person who's been part of my life in some way has contributed something valuable to me. Probably everyone listening to this podcast has provided something significant to me, whether you shared an insight or modeled an admirable way to live or encouraged me or displayed a passion for what you care about that inspired me to have more passion as well. I've never met a person that didn't have something beneficial to give in their own unique way. And I would love to see each of you employing those parts of yourself in greater and greater capacities. Thank you for the role that you play and what you contribute, even when others don't see it. Thank you for the unique insights and parts of yourself you contribute to the rest of us. I hope you know that they are appreciated and valued, and you don't need to be afraid or ashamed as you figure out how to utilize them more. May we all live with a sense of purpose and find increasing opportunities to display the unique gifts we each have with joy and enthusiasm. See you next time.